before we get into today's show, I want to talk about PTSD in itself. Yes. It is not a joke. And as I said, we take it very seriously. We are not making light of the situation. It just happens to be our initials, PT, Primetime, and Sunny DSD. So if you are, are suffering from PTSD, please do not uh, hesitate to find help. There's plenty of platforms out there so you could find help for PTSD. Definitely. And one of them, what you can do is uh, we have a number here at 877-726-4727. This is the hotline that is available between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern time to provide any type of mental health information or any type of treatment referral. You can definitely give them a call. Again, that's 877-726-4727. Again, if you are suffering from any type of PTSD, we do take it seriously over there. So if you like, give them a call. They will assist you with anything, any type of treatment that you need as well. Hey, for all you people out there, this is Big Vito LaGrasso from Staten Island, New York. This is Timothy Theory, and you're listening to Wrestling with PTSD. Boom. PTSD Wrestling. You better catch it. Don't touch the dial. I'm going to have to break your face. I got to run. Boom. See you. Wrestling with PTSD. My name is Prime Time. And I'm Sunny D. And on this special, special episode of Wrestling with PTSD, we have the ECW legend, WCW icon, WWE superstar, Big Vito LaGrasso. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much for, for the introduction. I greatly appreciate it. I heard about your podcast, and my manager and uh, other half in charge, you know, <laughs> decided to book me on your show. I greatly appreciate your time. I heard you guys are doing a fabulous job out there, and I am excited to be on the show. That is awesome. Oh, man, Big Vito, thank you so much, man. We Again, we are both big fans of you. It's a, an honor to have you on the show, especially just to pick your brain and just get some information from you, man. Thank you. Hey, you guys have been following me and stuff. You know I was a former Nick, right? And then, you know, I'm the VIGV from the LOG. Yes, uh, sir. You know, I'm a former rapper with Biggie Smalls and stuff. You know, I used to days. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, you don't put that stuff on my, uh, my, you know, my wiki. But, you know, I figured I'd let the fans know, you know. Uh, okay, okay. So we we'll definitely give you looking that up. Yeah, yeah I'll definitely look- give you a look that up. <laughs> My wife was asking me, how the hell were you a Nick? You never played for the Nick baby. I was on the DL. Baby. I worked on 10-day contracts. They don't put those in public seats. <laughs> <laughs> what got you into wrestling? All right. So what got me into wrestling? Right. I, was, uh, I was originally a basketball player, and I was good enough to play, you know, a Division One. I. I played in okay. Madison Square Garden. Um. And when it came time when I got scholarships, I couldn't take any of them because my grade point average was nothing. So oh. it was like, you know, it was kind of a downer. So then I went to some community college upstate and uh, I wound up trying out for the Olympic baseball team. From the Olympic baseball team, I decided to come home. And then I was going to play semi-pro football. Then, um, you know, I just uh, – I was watching TV one day. I said I could do better than these guys. And I uh, went to a school called uh, Johnny Rods, uh, 
professional wrestling school in Gleason's Gym in New York. Gleason's Gym, Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn myself, Bay Ridge. Yeah, so, so if you know Bensonhurst, those are the original stomping grounds of the BIGV, 20th nice. 60th Street. I'm a St. Okay, A's I'll, boy. So yeah, I'm from, uh, sorry, Fort Hamilton Parkway and 70th Street. That's where I grew up at. That's where my family lived up there. My When they came over, my grandparents and all my aunts and uncles. So I know, the, awesome. I know, the, place, I know the place well. So, um, okay. you know, but it's, uh, I said I could do better than this. And I started wrestling. And um, at the time, I worked for a steamship company called K-Line. I was in the World Trade Center. So oh, I, was a, okay. I was a rates analyst. Doing wrestling, I'm coming to work with black eye. You know what are you doing? I'm trying to be a wrestler, you know. So I, being like all of like 210 pounds back then, never working out. You know, I was having my ass handed to me, and then you know I just hung with it, and then uh, you know I became somebody in the wrestling business. Within a year, I was doing WWF and WCW TVs. Right. Wow. Uh, you want to take you want to take number two? Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, Vito, um, another uh, question coming away. Who were some of your inspirations, especially when you said you play basketball and then just going into wrestling? What were you into? Like, who were you watching, especially at that time? Well, I guess you're talking about, like, WOR TV Channel 9 and mm -hmm. you're watching Pedro Morales and Chief J. Strombo and Bruno San Martino and Bob Backlund. You know, you're watching a, a young Hulk Hogan coming from the movies and you know, I, I actually, my father was a big wrestling fan, George the Animal Steel. I was a wrestling fan, and I was at Shea Stadium during that big match. Yeah, I was there. Andre versus Hogan? Yep, and I was yep. there. Wow. And, right. um, you know, I did watch Bruno and Sabisco. Nice. So we, ha we have yeah. it from 91 to 93. You worked as a enhancement talent as Von Cruz. Uh, you wrestled. We saw matches where you wrestled Tatanka, Tugboat, Undertaker, and Bret Hart, to name a few. How was that? That all those guys treated me like a pro, and um, you know, it was a great experience for me. I actually wrestled uh, as enhancement talent until 1998, and I've had matches in between there. And um, you talk about like three steady years of work with the WWF, and um, everybody thought I was a contracted guy, but. You talk about a group of guys who were professionals. They gave me offense. They treated me like one of the boys. And, uh, you know, it was a great learning experience. And who would think, you know, with that kind of, you know, training and tutelage that you'd grow into, you know, where I went and how I rose up in the business and talk about somebody going from the bottom to the top. And that's, that's how you did it back then. Yeah. I saw you were there on the early days of Monday Night Raw. I was, so, I, think, um, I was on the, uh, the number four episode. Mm -hmm. So you talk about there's some history there. But, yes, sir. Um, I mean, I got to do a lot of Manhattan Center stuff. And, uh, you know, it was good to be invited and, you know, to be booked by them. And then when I – the only reason I stopped doing them was because I was um, trying to make it in the business. And somebody told me, said, Vito, if you keep doing these TVs, you're never going to get your chance. You got right. to break off. So that's when I went to the territories and I went to, you know, Puerto Rico and I went to Santa Domingo and I went to, um, you know, Memphis, Tennessee, you know, USA. Yeah, USA. Yes, sir. Yes. Character. Uh, uh, later on, you came to uh, ECW as Skull Von Crush. Now, yes. uh, no disrespect, it came across as like a neo-Nazi uh, character. That's uh, exactly what it was. Okay. <laughs> Skull I, I Von Crush from the new movement. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the new, new movement. <laughs> and it, how, how did you how did you feel about that right there? Just that gimmick right there. Well, I mean, when I started wrestling, you know, I looked like Baron von Raschke. And they right. told me I okay. looked like Skull Murphy. So I just stuck with the German gimmick. And I did okay. the German gimmick for eight years, you know, and I went for all these places. I went to Japan. I went to Malaysia. You know, I went to Puerto Rico, Santa Domingo. You know, uh, I, I, I traveled to Skull Von Crush. And I had my own little cult following. And being on TV... You know, if you remember, we're doing a couple TVs, you know, when they introduced me as Von Kruss, you know what it means? And I, I did the Heil Hitler on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it in WCW, too, when I wrestled Bobby Eaton. Oh, so, oh man. They didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and they didn't cut it out. So they let me be a gimmick. And they were fine with it. So it was probably the best training and grooming I had, you know, and uh, that's doing live TVs, guys. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was a good thing. And uh, uh, I, I was actually going to say with, with that gimmick, uh, I, that's something that was just recently introduced to. Uh, that was a, a brilliant idea because the heat that you got from the crowd was uh, outrageous because they would boo you and stuff like that. It was great. I, I loved your character as Evan Kurt. No, thank you. And then when, when I got when you mentioned ECW and I got to uh, ECW and I was wrestling a skull on crush. And then they said, hey, Vito, you know, why don't we change it up a little bit? Why don't you wrestle as you? Because. You know, you're from Staten Island. You're a tough guy. He says, why don't you come out as your mob guy and be yourself? So that's how you got to beat all the Skull LaGrasso from Staten yeah, Island, New York. Now, is that when you uh, were part of the Baldies uh, faction? Yeah, right before the Baldies. I went on a singles run as okay. Beetle the Skull, and that's when the crowd got behind me. That's when I had that um, some great matches with RBD, especially at the uh, ECW Arena where the place was, you know, coming unglued, and here I am going to RBD. But I had been wrestling eight years already. I've been to Japan a few times. I've been overseas. I wrestled in the territory. So I wasn't new in the business. You know, I was just waiting for a break to wrestle in the company. Mm -hmm. Right. How, and uh, how was it wrestling in the ECW arena? I had a great time. It was a great experience and probably the best group of fans that you'll ever meet. They were enthusiastic. You could tell by the ECW chance. It was awesome. And you couldn't ask for a better time. You know, like, and a lot of guys came out of there and went on to be big stars in the wrestling business. So when people want to say some stuff about ECW, but a lot of the stars we have today were in WCW and um, TNA and the WWE, where they come from. They all started in, w in the ECW. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And uh, especially so. with you going to WCW and becoming the Mamelukes, me and uh, Sonny D were talking. Oh, man, we, 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 we were we hated those characters because you should always beat up our our like our the people that we were looking up to, like Hogan or someone else. Uh, but with that being said, uh, what was your what was your thoughts of that locker room, especially with it growing at that time? And, you know, you having the characters. Uh, how was that in the locker room there? Locker room in WCW was good. I mean, you had a lot of established stars and you had a lot of guys who had been working there. And, you know, they weren't, they treated everybody who came in, you know, pretty cool because we've been working in other places. And, you know, you weren't green or, you, you know, you put in your time. It's like anything else. You know, a lot of those guys work in different territories like I did. And when you get to the, you know, when you get to that level, you know, you don't want, you're not a, you're not a J-Bo, you're not a Jabron, you know, you're somebody who worked on his craft and you paid your dues and, 
you know, they appreciate the hard work. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a win-win, you know what I mean? Nobody ever treated you bad. Man. And if you did get treated bad, you probably didn't know proper wrestling etiquette one-on-one. So that was the problem. Now, uh, you, you teamed up with Johnny the Bull and you won your first WCW World Tag Team Champions on an episode of Thunder. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, you won it with a spin in DDT. Uh, how did that feel right there to become a quote unquote one of the big two champions? Well, I mean, if you could look at my face and when after I won, <laughs> I kind of like was in shock. I'm like, okay, so, <laughs> finally became a champion. And all that time on the Indies, I never won. A, I never won a. I never won a belt, mm-hmm. never okay. a title, no nothing. So like, you know, for me to win it at, at you know at the big show, you know, in the big time, that was you know a, a great moment. And then you know, me and Johnny went back to the hotel and we're just sitting there, and you know, tag team champions of the world, and here we are, you know, competing with Monday Night Raw. And, you know, with the champs. Yeah, so, I mean, it was good. It was great that, that WCW uh, or NWA Tag Team Championship has a great lineage. You were in, up there with Arn Anderson and Tully, the Road Warriors, oh. the Steiner Brothers, to name a wow. few. You know, that must be a great feeling right there. You know, and to get the respect from the boys when you win a title like that and if you carry it out and you're putting on good matches, it makes it even, even more um, – heartwarming and uh you know johnny was young so i protected johnny a lot he was very green he just came out of power plant so a lot of the stuff oh, okay you know i made him do only the good things he knew how to do to protect us and anything hard that had to be done i did it but when we were a good mix because he was a athletic good looking strong kid and he had power and hops yeah he and, does um, if he was in today's wrestling he'd be heavyweight champ oh, like that and with, with, with that being said, especially with you just getting into uh, the, the hardcore scene and winning your first title, you wrestled a, a lot of people. But one match that really sticks in my mind is the Terry Funk match that you have. Uh, did you learn anything yes. having that match? Because you guys beat the hell out of each other that match. And I like how they had, uh, you know, Johnny in there, uh, part of the storyline as well. Uh, what did you learn from Terry? Well, at that point, to be honest with you, it was um, when people look back at it and, you know, it, it was probably one of the greatest matches of my career because there is a guy and, you know, he was, he was given the task, of, you know, he was, he was doing me the favor and we really didn't talk much. And he knew I knew how to wrestle and he knew I knew how to work. And we just went. And if you remember – you know, us fighting in the back and then I'm going to the stairs and then I'm saying, okay, I got to take over. And that's when I grabbed the, the, uh, the garbage can at the top of the stairs and I hit him. And then we started going at it. And then when we went to the ring, probably the most defining moment was when he handed me the championship belt and he shook my hand. It's kind of like passing the torch. A lot of boys took it like that. And, you know, it's probably the greatest feeling you can ever have is coming from a legend like Terry Funk. That night in the bar, um, everybody was there. I had just gotten there. And um, me and Gene got everybody to raise their glass. And uh, he said, let's give a – let's celebrate Vito tonight and wish him a lot of luck. And he told me, he said, Vito, you have arrived. Congratulations. Uh-huh. That's amazing that right there. Flair, Luger, everybody. So, I mean, that's a big night. 
and also that's when the fans really started getting behind you was when you were a hardcore champion. Like I remember them over we chanted your name, Vito, Vito. I remember that. Yes. Like how that feel right there? Having 15, 20,000 people <laughs> chant your name. Great. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. It's, it's better in here and your mother call you for dinner, bro. I mean, pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh. Right. So now then after after um WCW uh you know was purchased by um WWE you you spent like a, like a cup of coffee in TNA before going back before going to w, uh to WWE. Now you made your well, th- if you guys remember I went I was in the XWF oh. when they first opened up. Oh yeah, the whole- and that was the first match of XWF. That was Hulk Hogan's uh promotion, correct? Yes, oh, it was. Okay. But you know what happened with that, right? The inside scoop was we seen everybody then our first our first road trip. We drew 15, 10, and eight. And that was just from infomercials. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And right after our first TV taping, and we go out there, you know, Jerry Lola got signed. Then uh, Mr. Perfect got signed. Then Hulk Hogan got oh. signed, and then went to promotion guy and tubes. Yeah, so you basically were raided by Vince McMahon. We were raided, so then they wind up closing. And then um, I was in TNA for, for a little about six months. And then uh, I started going back to WWF, uh, WWE, and I got hired by the WWE. Right. Yeah, and this is when you were having basically your coming out party. Is this when you uh, reformed the the full-blooded Italians and you were portrayed like a, like a, uh, you know, like a made man, like, like sort of like this, the, 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 the Sopranos or, or Goodfellas. What were your thoughts on that right there on that portrayal? I mean, it was a, you know, combination of the FBI, of you know, the Mamelukes and just doing my character and teaming up with Nunzio. And, you know, what a better way to break into the WWE than to be the bodyguard of the future cruiserweight champion. And, uh, we had a good run. We had a good run. It was a good thing for me. It was a good thing for us. I, I loved it. I loved the, the back alley vignettes and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty I awesome. Loved it. I honestly loved the way you dressed, too, you know, with, with the hat and the, the, the coat. Uh, you were looking slick, my dude. <laughs> hey, but that was – but what people don't realize, that was my everyday oh, wear. Look at that. Even better. Even better. <laughs> so, I mean, I was dressing as myself, but, you know, what better way to get a gimmick over – than to be yourself. Exactly. You can't do it better than, than, than that. You know, you're not playing anybody. You're playing yourself. Exactly. So then, you know, uh, then this whole, uh, they started that, that new angle with uh, the cross-dressing thing going on. What were your thoughts on that? Well, they gave me an opportunity, and you're like, you know everything, you know. Yeah. You know, when they give you an opportunity, you take it. A lot of times if they see you have a negative attitude, they don't give you an opportunity. So I, I say I ran with it. <laughs> And, you know, it's not that I knew how to dress or do anything. I just was 15 years of work. How can I get this over? And, you know, from the first time I wrestled in it, everybody was, like, astonished. How the hell did you do that? That was 15 years of learning your craft, 16 years of doing your business. And to go out there and be, you know, go on an undefeated streak and then, you know, to a championship match and then, you know, you work your way up. But. You know, everything happens for a reason, and it was a good thing. It was probably the people got to see my personality as being happy and 
you know, smiling and, that's, you know, just enjoying life, you know? That's what I was telling prime time. Uh, we had a conversation about it. I enjoyed okay. the dress, man. Uh, I loved it. I, I found it, I found it funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw it from the, from the beginning, you were, sorry, prime time, you saw in the beginning, you were a little like apprehensive of it, but then as they went on, you could tell you were having so much fun with it. Well, they told me like, you know, well, no, what happened was, um, how that happened was, uh, I was doing the gimmick and then I was smiled on TV and I never smiled on TV before. Right. Right. So I went back and I says, I said, shit, I messed up. So I went up to Vince and uh, I said, Vince, I said, I'm sorry. He says, Vito, what are you sorry about? And I says, I smiled. He says, Vito, you smiled. He says, and he says, the crowd just loved it. They, 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 they were glued to you. So he's, you know, and that was the whole thing. He says, you smiled, you're a handsome guy. He says, go out and, you know, have fun with the gimmick. So that's when I started coming out, hugging people and enjoying it. And just it came off that way. And like you said, if you could be yourself and you're having a good time, mm-hmm. then you can. Well, another quick question, especially we're talking about this gimmick, uh, especially when they came up with this idea and they're like, listen, you, you're going to be wearing a dress. Is that something like that went through your mind, especially if you're coming from all the other promotions, you were just pretty much a big dude who kicked everyone's ass, you know, and then you're part of the mafia. Now you're in a dress. Did you feel any type of way about it? I took it. It was my job, you know, but I will tell you one thing, you know, I did this and I have an Italian family. So my uncles and my family, they called up my, uh, my brother and they, 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 you know, and they had Italian accents. And they're like, what happened to your brother? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? And at the time, I had just moved to Florida, right? I moved to Florida. I had broken up with my girlfriend, moved to Florida, and there I am wearing a dress on TV. So you oh. put two and two together. So they, how it came off. They think you just lost your mind. <laughs> yeah, they said I lost my mind. I said, what happened to him? He was tough. He was the time. He's embarrassing the family. So. My brother told me, listen, he has a job. He's making money. He lives in Florida. If you have a problem, you call. That's, that's, yeah. that's right there, man. But, the, but you, know, you know what's funny about the whole thing is that when I went back to Staten Island and I did the dress thing, all my boys who I hung with, partied with, and did things with, they treated me different. Did they? Really? Wow. Yes. It was like life changed because, like, all of a sudden they thought I wasn't Vito no more. And I was like, why are you guys acting different? Like, I said, you guys really treat me like this. No, you know, man, it's just, I said, just what? I said, I'm wrestling. I live in Florida. I, you know, I own my house. You know, I just, I'm living life. You know, it's, it's, it's but they didn't understand and I didn't smart nobody up. So I was it, like, okay. That is what it is. They could have separated. They could have separated. Time. That's awesome, though. You know, um, you definitely had a, a, a an illustrious career in wrestling, and and I, again, like we said, we have fans. We were Thank fans you. from the beginning. So, um, Thank you. It, Thank you very much, guys. What What are you doing now these days? Well, now I live I live in a golf course. I enjoy life. I work out. I go to the pool. You know, I sit home and take care of the wife. Uh, we work on our podcasting, and um, just trying to get through the coronavirus and make sure you know. Uh, you know, we're safe and everything. So, you know, we're keeping it status quo and uh, just living a quiet life. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. You- a lot of people are wrestling fans. And uh, before the coronavirus, I went back to playing ball. 
and I was playing ball five nights a week, five days a week. So, I mean, that was a plus. And um, just, you know, I'm enjoying my life. And it's always great. And I love doing the podcasting and coming on shows like yours and uh, answering questions and, you know, saying thank you for being fans. And uh, I appreciate the people following my career. And you know what? Maybe one day, I, maybe one day I'd get back. You got to get back on TV, but maybe not in the wrestling thing. Maybe it could be a fashion <laughs> consultant. Never say never. Do you want to, do you, do you want to plug your, your podcast? Yes. The social media. It's the big veto brand. On twitch.tv, the big veto brand, and the big veto brand where you listen to all our podcasts. Go to big veto at bigveto.com. Thank you very much, Vito. We uh, really thank appreciate you so that. Much, Vito. Hey, guys, thank you very much. Anytime you guys want to have me on again, it was a pleasure to do your show. Please contact the boss. You know the number, yes. you know her digits. So just get in touch with her, and I'll be more than happy to do a show with Yes, you. sir. Man, that was great. Thank you, Big Vito, for doing this again, especially just liking our Instagram page and just getting uh, connected to us real quick through email and text message and all that good stuff. Again, thank you. Uh, bigs ups to you. It was a very great honor. Again, I was nervous throughout this whole interview, uh, but Sonny D, uh, please let them know what we're going to be doing in the future. Again, Vito, thank you so much. Well, we're gonna be, in the future. We'll be trying to get more uh, wrestlers on here, like we did with Timothy Theory. Um, and I hope we hope you enjoyed this very special interview. Make sure you follow Big Vito, uh, the Big Vito brand, on all social media and on Twitch TV. Uh, also, uh, go uh, look on his uh, pro wrestling tee. Got a couple of shirts up there that I know I'm going to be grabbing. Uh, but again, Vito, thank you, Sunny D. Again, my name is Prime Time, and I'm Sunny D. And you've listened to Wrestling with PTSD. Boom.